0: You're listening to the Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. I'm your host and business mindset coach, Anna Dan and we'll explore topics on self-doubt, following your intuition, and why self-limiting beliefs might be holding you back. Hello, and welcome back to episode 80. We will be taking a short break as this is the last episode in the season, but. Today's guest is Hazel Gardner, a florist and design stylist with a background in creative arts and TV production. Hazel has used her unique experience to create installations for companies such as Channel 4 and Arcadia, just to name a few. And we chat about Hazel's journey to starting her own business using video as a marketing tool and I also ask Hazel about her relationship with nature as it's something that really feeds into her work. We also talk about Hazel's journey with cancer and I know that this can be a sensitive topic especially if you or loved ones are going through treatment so I just wanted to give you a heads up about that. Um, Okay here we go.
1: Hazel hi thank you so much for joining me. Oh it's my absolute pleasure Anna it's just like yeah thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah we were just chatting before we press record about when we first met and it was a styled shoot and that was we think it was probably around three years ago right?
1: Yeah yeah Yeah, I think it was I think it was.
0: So much has changed since then but um, before we dive into all that you've been up to why don't you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what it is that you do.
1: Sure. So um, I'm Hazel Gardner, and that is my actual name, uh, (laughs) which lots of people are really surprised about. So, yeah, it's lovely. It's my actual name. Um, And I'm a floral designer, and I'm also now a broadcaster, which is very exciting. And I'm an educator, so I teach lots of workshops. Um, And I'm also a content creator, um, surprisingly, but we'll get into that later. So, yes, lots of doing lots of things. I mainly work on large-scale events ordinarily. Um, I do a select amount of weddings each year, retail installations, uh, campaign shoots. So yeah, it's really, really varied Uh, and I work a lot with brands which is incredible. So yeah, uh, never adult a moment.
0: Mm, Yeah, it sounds like you've got lots of interesting things going on. Is that something that you've, you've been drawn to intentionally to have like various bits to your role?
1: Yeah, I think when I started, I knew that I didn't ever want to just do one thing. So I knew that I knew instinctively that I didn't particularly want to have a retail shop. And because I used to work in events, I knew that was going to be like a very natural world for me to kind of get into in flowers. And I just love storytelling. So I like bigger things like big installations. I like working to brief. So I knew all that already. Um, but I think as the business has gone on, like you only find your feet really once you start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously I knew I had a strategy in my head about what I really wanted to do. But I've just been lucky enough to kind of start doing certain things like doing retail design or doing almost set design really uh, which is always a dream so I suppose yeah it's just incredible that that's what I'm actually doing but I, I I'm quite um, impatient <laughs> and that's the beauty of working with flowers like you know everything is in transition so I always knew I wanted to do like lots of different things um, I knew just to keep keep me interested really
0: Yeah so you mentioned a little bit about your background and I know that you've worked in the creative arts and in television production and you also founded a women's clothing brand producing kind of immersive retail events. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that because that is that's not something that you hear often so yeah
1: yeah, (laughs) tell us. Yeah it's quite a varied whatever anyone asks me like what's your background I'm like right get a cup of tea (laughs) there's quite (laughs) a lot going on um so yeah so basically I went to London College of Fashion I was really tunnel visioned in what I wanted to do when I was younger I was I was desperately wanted to work in fashion PR specifically from about the age of 13 um and I knew I wanted to go to LCF which is strangely kind of focused for somebody that young but then fast forward quick version of the story is that as part of my course I did broadcast journalism and public relations and then I fell um, well I didn't fall into but I chose to do journalism as my specialism and out actually when I left I actually um, got a job at a production company and that's how the kind of television thing started I'd already done lots of work experience and internships at magazines and newspapers and I just didn't really feel a, a massive affinity to writing about fashion and just the broadcast area which is more exciting to me. And I got my first kind of big job at a company called Dun & Dusted, who are still around, they're incredible. They do like the Super Bowl in America, massive, massive live events. So yeah, that was an incredible time of my life. Um, I just learned so much. And all a lot of those skills I still use today, like you can imagine working production, everything you learn about kind of timings and crew and, and design. And, you know, it's all, it's all been amazing. Yes, yeah, so it's really valuable. Um, and then I... Yes. So the the major thing that happened was that I got really um, unwell. I was diagnosed with cancer back in 2007 and I was still working in production, but kind of knowing that it really wasn't what I wanted to do, but I was just too scared. Like I was doing really well. And I just, you know, thought I can't move out of it. I just, you know, I think you just get into a rhythm and you're like, well, I'm making good money and it's okay. But I knew uh, deep down, I knew that I wasn't happy. So Having this diagnosis just addressed loads of things I needed to to fix, such as kind of like my me- mental health, uh, and from day to day, like how I how I eat, how I drink, how I balance my life. So so many things changed, and out of that, I started my own yeah vintage clothing company, and it was called Rag and Bow, the Roaming Vintage Store, and it was. Um, predominantly again I just wanted to move around and sell vintage in different ways and I worked with Judy Berger who owns the affordable vintage fair which is still going I set up the London arm of that but yes I also used to as part of that I also used to run lots of events uh, so say if the v were was doing a late then I would kind of and they had a theme I would come and and have like an area where people could dress up for example or or have inter- interactive element where they'd have their picture taken and then it would go up on a screen live so yeah it was always wasn't just about selling clothes it was like creating experience as well um brands like Tatty Divine and did some stuff with like Somerset House and I was in Selfridges so yeah it was an incredible time but about six and seven years into that I just fell out of love with vintage really and I just you know I I was in a different place in my life I'd met my now husband and I just you know I used to do so many events and it was really fast-paced and I just I just fell out of love with it and it took a while for me to admit that and then once I did then I was scared because I'm like I don't know what I want to do and then that's how I came to flowers and I, I retrained in flowers so mm. yeah
0: first of all I just wanted to say I had no idea that you had a cancer diagnosis kind of all oh, those years ago
1: yeah um
0: and so I assume it would have been quite a. A difficult time, but like you say, it's, it's made you reassess potentially, you know, that like you say, I guess sometimes it takes a while to admit that actually something's not quite working. And so finding maybe a different, a different route in terms of your career.
1: I think, I think it definitely shook everything up and it actually gave me no fear and I think that's the thing that holds us all back mm. either you know fear or l- lack of confidence and I just felt fearless because I'd I thought you know I used to think oh goodness I weirdly used to think I think I'm gonna get really ill it's this weird thing and my counselor at the time was like well you should actually channel that and maybe you've got a bit of intuition And my mum's a bit like that as well so it's a bit weird <laughs> yeah it's just like having the worst thing that can happen is obviously if you're not here And I had to face that. And then I got through that. So I was like, if I can face that, then I can do, why am I scared of anything? And don't get me wrong, this, it was very heightened feeling for the good, you know, two or three years after. But then obviously, you go back into your old routines, you know, my brain was my brain before I was ill for a very long time. So you know, I, I still struggle with with certain things even today but I'm just way more aware of everything but yeah it, it definitely I just had absolutely no fear and I think I was so I remember my dad the one one of the first things he said he was so good I think he was the first person because I was by myself when I was told and I rung him and I said dad I got cancer and he was just like well the, I think the worst thing for you is going to be boredom and it was so good it wasn't like panic you know he's like right we just got to think of something because he knew that that's how my brain is you know like I I hate not being able to do something and it was it actually coincided with me getting my first flat and it was that was amazing because I had a garden and I just got so much from that garden and that's how I fell into love with like Mm. horticulture and, and gardening so I do believe it happened and so much good has come out of it. I've lost, obviously so many things have changed and, and it took away a lot, but what it's given me, I don't regret that because I would just be in a totally different space. So,
0: yeah. Mm. So I want to come back to what you've just said around your garden and your, that first flat that you got. Yeah. What was that like? Was that something that you were drew kind of drawn to naturally? Was it something that, was that you know something to focus on and you know to combat the boredom potentially?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I've grown up. My mum is a, an incredible gardener. She, she grew up in the island of Grenada, and she has just yeah. She, my childhood very very lucky that we had a garden and she was always in it and created these incredible beds and you know we used to go to garden centers and used to go to like because we I grew up just outside of London and we used to go to like the big parks and yeah so I was immersed in that and going to garden centers was just what we did you know watching garden programs but it wasn't something that I was like oh yes gardeners as well <laughs> you know, at the end of 10 or anything like that <laughs> uh, but I was just I knew that I loved being outside I loved like play I've got three um, I've got one brother and two sisters. So yeah, I just spent a lot of time outside and it was just connected to nice memories where I went to school, had lots of kind of big fields. So yeah, it was just it, I always felt happy outside. And I loved flowers. I've always loved flowers. Like I've just, my mum used to have like illustrations of flowers, rip out magazines and put like pictures of flowers. And her, if she ever got a birthday card, we'd always get her ones of flowers on. So it was just kind of bubbling away, always there. And I'm very visual. So I just love beauty in in anything in fashion, in architecture, in art. I definitely remember thinking I it would be I really want a garden flat. I just knew that having that outside space was something really important to me. And yeah, it just got me through because I couldn't really read. I couldn't, couldn't watch television because I had a lot of chemotherapy and it just yeah made me feel awful. So it was just such a tonic. And I think when you're ill watching something grow, it just gives you hope because you know you're developing and even though you feel that you may potentially not have a future giving something else life it gives you purpose and yeah it really just was really fulfilling and rewarding yeah and it was definitely the start of like oh you know maybe this is something i am very passionate about and and i'd love to do but it took me it took me a good 2 3 years well i went like i got ill and then i worked in vintage and then it took me a good Two or three years after I finished vintage, to realise what that to have to have you know that surge of confidence again to, to retrain, I think I felt validated to work in fashion because I'd had I'd come from a fashion um, university where flowers was a completely new world and it was and it was scary. So again. You know, I'd forgotten all that fearlessness., <laughs> um, and I had the same doubts that I know a lot of people listening will have when they when they want to change a career,
0: yeah, well, you make a really good point about it, particularly when I think not just women, everyone has this. I think you know potentially when you don't have that certificate or paper to show for maybe your experience. So you know in 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 the sense of maybe having a university degree, if you don't have that it's it's hard that imposter syndrome comes up doesn't it that well how can I I'm not trained in this or I don't know enough because I haven't got that certificate to show for it to then go into a new field so I want to talk about that in a minute but I just wanted to make a point about and I'm in no way trying to compare the experience at all but last year obviously 2020 was quite the year for for all of us and we managed to get an allotment actually, because we have no outside space. So that was really quite, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't Mm, great. Yeah. It wasn't great. And so we managed to get an allotment and actually just connecting with, you know, growing stuff and watching it grow. I would would literally go there every day and see things kind of popping up out of the ground. And it was, it genuinely was that anchor for us, all I think for, for the entire family through that tough time because it was just this focus we were working with our hands it was nourishing and in a way that not many things were at the time
1: yeah and I and I think you know that's so incredible that you were able to do that and and get that kind of strength from from growing and there's been a such a surge in I think a the interest in people buying cut flowers I don't last year was I was so excited about the amount of people that in during lockdown wanted cut flowers it was just like oh my goodness this is amazing and it is I think when your life um, and I think you don't have to have it doesn't have to be the big things like having a really really kind of life-threatening illness everybody has um, something that they're struggling with and you know that's gardening and being outside can just help whatever level of stress you're under you know life is stressful without anything without even illness you know especially obviously during covid and i just think it's um it's really amazing that every so many people have come to horticulture and botany and houseplants and it's just amazing to see this real bloom excuse the pun Uh, In people seeing it as a real therapy because it it totally is, and I think when your life has, you know, many of us were either, and it's hard for everyone. Everyone's in such a different mode. Somebody, somebody could be homeschooling with two children. Somebody could be single, living by themselves. You know, it's hard for everyone for different reasons. And I, and I think when you have that lack of routine or change in routine, you know, humans aren't great traditionally with a lot of change or or lack of routine. Mm. It is that. That's something to focus on. You know, people always say, why have I got no memory? I can't remember things, you know, over the last six six months. And it's because normal memories are punctuated by, you know, oh, I went on holiday just after or it's punctuated mm-hmm. by major things mm-hmm. in life. When you haven't got that, it's really hard and your brain that's why you, your brain feels a bit strange and it's just really nice to have that point where you're like oh I'm going to the allotment or I'm tending to you know my house plants or I'm, I'm going on the balcony and it's it's meditative isn't it it's mindfulness yeah. which it is, is. Which, yeah which yeah, is yeah um,
0: absolutely yeah amazing. so okay so I wanted to go kind of dive a little bit deeper into how your business started and what you said was really interesting you talked about obviously running the vintage company even vintage clothing and how it took you a while to admit that you were you, you fell, fell out of love with it
1: yeah what yeah. was that
0: process like because I I can totally understand that and I know that a lot of people feel the same way and it's a really scary, it's a a bit of a scary time because it's so hard to let go of something that isn't working anymore because like you said, you were trained in it, you were doing really well, worked hard for quite a few years in the lead up to it as well.
1: Yeah. What's that
0: process like of, of that
1: transition? I think at first it's definitely like fear because it's change and it's and it's also because i didn't know what at the beginning necessarily i wanted to do and that's not something i've never never felt before it was like 13 knowing on a working fashion you know i just went on this on this journey so yeah the first thing was fear and actually going before that it took a long time for it to me to admit it to myself when I actually said it out loud to someone I think that was the, when I was like right well, I have to do something about it now you know what I mean like when it comes out of your head it's almost like a breakup as soon as you kind of tell a friend about it and you're like oh god I can't be with this person anymore I said it out loud so yeah that was when I started telling people and then and then there's then there's kind of some pressure for you to do something about it also which I kind of did deliberately because I needed that I needed something to kind of put me to actually to action but it's hugely terrifying and then I got disappointed at myself because it's like oh I thought I was fearless and oh god you know beat Mm. yourself up and you know not a lot of self-compassion and I think it's just you know to even to admit it and to want to change you just got to pat yourself on on the back before you've even done a business plan because that takes guts to, to admit it to yourself and then to want to do something about it so but yeah I just remember uh, sitting in my car about to go on a massive kind of buying trip which ordinarily was the most exciting part of the, the job and I just was like I can't be bothered like I can't be bothered to sift through stuff and yeah I just knew then like you can kind of put it to the back of your mind like I don't like to be admin I mean who does you know but when it's like the major bit which you knew that you got much jo- most joy from I knew that was when I had to change but yeah it, as I said it just took me. A really long time to know what to do. I tempt for a good kind of two years. And I kind of felt bad about that because I felt it was so transitionary. I was like, oh, I'm not achieving but I actually really needed that time to make the right decision and and if I'm honest it was quite nice I've been self-employed for so long to just have that regular salary coming in I was getting married at the time I was moving so there's all these other I hadn't really had much of a personal life when I worked in vintage so it was just nice to just be bit kind to myself and go do you know what it's fine I'm just living I traveled so much with my partner and yeah it was just like just being kind to yourself and going this is actually part of the journey as much as kind of sitting down and doing a strategy plan about what I want to do Um, you've just got to be really authentic to yourself and I knew my values were I didn't want to do something that would take me away for seven days a week or anything like that so I think it's really important to not just think about what makes you happy in terms of work but what kind of life you want to lead as well. And I knew that, you know, I can't get too stressed because of, of you know, my history, my medical history. And I came to flowers because I actually always thought flowers in the beginning, but I honestly thought that it was just, I couldn't do it. You had to train since you were 16, you know, because I think what you were saying about the c- certificate it's, flowers also back and back when I trained it was in 2016 and I th- even that now I think it's moved on so much where people are coming from second careers or there's people who are coming into it from set design or marketing you know there's lots of and, 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 the, and the industry's open to that where even back then there was very much like you know who've you ban- benchmarked under suppliers would only take you on if you had proven experience with somebody or right. you've gone to a college so there was already those barriers already where you felt ostracized I knew that I just had to be super confident comp- even though I was making it to faking it to make it that's right term i'm really bad with with sayings um uh yeah i just I had to really get confident to start. So it was hard, but I think it's a lot more, more receptive to people from all different backgrounds now. Uh, mm. It's still a long way to go, but I think it's getting there. But yeah, I just had to push push through it. And, and even when I was training, um, because I did a, a kind of a four-week intensive course, because I knew I didn't need to do something for years because I had tr- I had transferable skills. I was a stylist. You know, I had that visual eye. But yeah, even every day I was so nervous, you know, even though we're in a class, but I just felt... And I've worked on this. I was a perfectionist. So there's that, you know, just too much, too much pressure, really. I should just, I wish I just relaxed into it more. But but yeah, it does, it it does take a lot of strength. But I do believe it's, it's fundamentally your happiness, isn't it? That's, that's where it Mm. should all start from. And obviously, there's a financial element to your decision, you know, there is. So it's just marrying all that together and choosing something and just knowing that you're, that whatever the hardship to get to it, you're going to be so much happier than another five, 10 years in what you're doing you've just yeah. got to keep that keep that in mind but it's it's hard you know I definitely needed the support and needed you know and Andrew Andrew my husband is, is amazing and my friends are amazing I had so many moments where I was just like oh no I what am I doing this for you know we all do so it's totally normal. Totally. Yeah.
0: And so how long did it take you to kind of set up your business once you've done the training? Yeah. Obviously, I know that as with anything, you're always learning. It's not, you know, you don't just finish a training or anything like that. And then yes. that's that's the end of it. But what was that period like in terms of starting the business and how did it grow from there? So
1: I said I yeah, retrained in 2016. And then I still tempt about a good kind of nine to 10 months after that, I couldn't, you know, train and then set up a a floristry business, you know. (laughs) That's just not how it worked. And I didn't want to put that pressure on myself. But I was was working in a, a big company in an events department, Temping. And they were just like, as soon as you trained, we'll just start getting you in to do the flowers that was amazing. So and I had contacts, so I used to do a lot of brand work before with my other company. So I kind of knew how to market myself. But and I, you know, I knew that pro- how to promote myself, but it was still hard, because it was a completely different thing. I'm now I was somebody who had a product. And now the product is kind of me, I'm a service provider. So it took, a, a, a you know, it took me a moment to kind of get that into mm-hmm. my head. And the changes in that, changes in how I kind of developed the business and how I found clients like you haven't I was just I remember sitting at the table going well what do I do how do people know about me what do I do and I just had to kind of throw myself into it and, to, and you do that, you know, friends weddings and you start on an Instagram and you just you just start. And I'm, I am good at being proactive and kind of talking to people and, you know, just talking to other florists and going to like creative meetups and, you know, doing shoots, as you know. So and, it, and then it just starts. But yeah, it was it was hard because with with flowers, you have to you. you yes, you could do a course, but you learn on the job. So you just need to get as many jobs as possible. And there were so many times when, and it was was hard as well, because for a long time, I didn't have a signature style because again, how do you get that unless you kind of keep going? And I remember at the beginning, I was just doing, people would send me pictures. I'd be like, okay, I can do that. And it's like, this is not what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. I don't just want to be a kind of catalog florist who just copies, you know, pin interest board That, that just doesn't, you know, but I didn't have the confidence to even know what that was. So as the year, as that first year went on, I then, yeah, kind of found my style from doing kind of lots of shoots and just self-initiated projects, you know, that weren't client-based. I guess so important, just pottering. And some of my, my most successful posts at the beginning were just something that I've gone out and foraged or put together. It really doesn't have to cost a lot, but just to give yourself that creative space and not overthink it. I think it's so easy to, and I used to look at loads of other florists and just beat myself up and I just don't do that anymore because actually it muddies your what you're trying to do to be an individual stylistically and it just creates too much doubt and you know yeah. so that took a long time though I did that for like that whole first year so then things started to progress 2017 2018 I did an amazing collaboration with the Moran Girls and that got attention and then I, I was the floral sponsor for um, the most curious wedding Fair, owned by my incredible friend Becky who I've known from the vintage days so all these little kind of links and people Other creators I've known who were delving into other things and we all kind of you know some were going to events so it was all kind of kind of natural harmony and kind of working with people I don't know working with with people I did have a relationship with before so that that was lucky in that respect Mm. Um, but I I think it really came into its own once I started having the confidence in myself to do what I wanted to do aka do the style I wanted to do because I very much like merged dried fresh silk so that's That's when it all changed. So I'm full believer in once you start being, I know this word is used so much, but once you start being authentic to what you want to do, you will then get clients who want that, you know, and that's the most rewarding. Then you feel good about yourself and it just perpetuates the whole thing and then you keep going.
0: I think you make a really important point though about it taking time to build up that courage, to build up that confidence to and actually to Maybe even discover, like, what is my style? What am I drawn to? And I think sometimes it takes us going through those jobs that aren't necessarily what we enjoy to also pinpoint, like, what do I not want to do? Because that's just as important as finding out what it is that you do want to do, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think. When you're starting out and if you're doing create, creative business or, or when you're doing a business where people kind of come to you and ask for something, it's very easy just to say yes to everything, isn't it? Because you're so like, yeah. oh, I need the money. or oh, I just need to be doing, seem to be flowering. Say yes, 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 yes. And I think there's a difference between saying, seeing, saying yes to things, to be brave and to push yourself and saying yes to things. So it's actually undervalue what you do. So I've really learned that. But yeah, it is just trial and error. It's just, you know, doing it, but with kindness to yourself. This is the massive mm-hmm. This is the massive difference. If I did it again, I'd just be kinder to myself every time I did something and go, you know, this is a journey. I might not like this job, but that's really good. But I know that I don't like that because then I know what I want to do. And it's just not being scared to do what you want to do. You're self-employed. You've got to do what you want to do. Obviously we all have those jobs where we're like, it's not the sexiest of things, but we do it. Like we all, every, every business of every size still has that. But, um, yeah it's just gotta it's just gotta gotta feed my soul really it really it really has and as I said that that did take a long time and it just you just got to build that confidence up and know that you'll get there
0: yeah absolutely and take your time with it so when things began to shift last March I can't believe I'm saying last March because we're (laughs) almost at a year point um but Did you find that you had to, you know, pivot your services? Obviously, I know that you do a small amount of weddings per year, Mm -hmm. as well as the events. Obviously, events and weddings were cancelled. So what did that look like for you?
1: Yeah, so when it first happened, I just actually, I spent for the first kind of two weeks, I was just like talking to all my kind of wedding uh, clients. So Mm. that was, I just kind of like was immersed in a lot of admin and then I was like oh my goodness what the hell am I going to do and yeah as I said I used to work do yeah do I do do lots of events work with lots of PR companies so literally they had stopped overnight and so then I just had to immediately pivot and I did because I don't actually well back then I didn't do any kind of flower delivery So I was more kind of client work so I teamed up with an amazing coffee shop that's around the corner from me in Stoke Newington and I think it was every two weeks I did like a small I don't want it to be too expensive so just to kind of like 30, 30 Thirty to thirty-five pounds, you know, bunch of flowers um, pre-orders. So I didn't have that much wastage, and then I'd go and set up there, and then people would collect very safely, and it was just amazing, and it was so nice that we were both kind of supporting each other, like both local mm. people, and it was great because I actually got to meet people <laughs> as well. Because I don't being a studio florist, you don't really get to meet like members of the public to do yeah. much like that. So it was just really, really nice. And but then I was still worried because that isn't enough to cover, you know, all the all the loss. So it was a really strange time because the George Floyd event happened mm-hmm. which then had such a change in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement and specifically Blackout Tuesday on Instagram and the business was in a it was going in a really amazing way anyways before then before all that happened but when that happened it just the business got a massive light shone on it so then I started I was asked to write write a lot I got a lot of press just from you know journalists seeking out you know people of color who work in the floral industry I kind of changed how I was talking to people on on Instagram I became a lot more open myself about you know I was very vocal about the BLM movement about diversity and floristry and then mm-hmm. I just actually started talking more about my cancer journey I was asked actually to do a, sh- a shoot with my friend who's a, an incredible hairstylist uh, Louis he's he, he does uh, well-known people and he has an initiative where it's like i can i am and I, I i will and he shot me and i was talking about my experience and it was kind of coming out at the same time it's going to come out at the same time as we were going into lockdown and i was really nervous about it because i hadn't talked about it mm. and actually it all came out at the same time and i was like well actually we're all going through stuff people people just don't want to see like shiny shiny stuff all the time like you know we need to just be be mindful that everyone's having a pretty rubbish time so I'm going to talk about it and so it was just a real learning curve and another change for the brat for the brand I suppose you know how I how I spoke about things and and again showing that kind of vulnerability has been really empowering for me and for other people and I just didn't I kind of underestimated that and it's been incredible so yeah the business is kind of through all of that I've now yeah I create a lot of content for brands um, a lot of floral content I'm now I've now got a tv agent which is just incredible because I feel like I've come full circle um, with my television background so yeah I just really want to push the floral industry as an industry for people of all different backgrounds and colors and um, I'm always passionate about educating and that's how I feel you know that all kind of encompasses all these new things I'm doing so yeah I've been very very lucky that 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 has been my experience I know it has not been that experience for so many people in my industry so it's China where I can to help those and other people and yeah share share the journey but yeah it's it's it was a really odd year last year but for incredible in so in so many ways
0: yeah and I wonder this kind of I would say maybe transformation in terms of really opening up about your personal journey, opening up about the things that really are important to you, mm-hmm. like the diversity in the flor- uh, floristry industry. It's, it's not something that perhaps is spoken about enough. Mm-hmm. Is that, was that something that you were already leaning towards and working towards? And, and I know sometimes that it takes, again, it takes a bit of time to build up that kind of courage to, to start doing that. Was that something that you were already on a journey with or did the whole
1: pandemic speed that process up a bit? Well, it's bizarre because I just before the pandemic, I had just started a series. I can not remember what it was called. Actually, that's really bad. Um, I started a series on Instagram uh, where I'd interview people because I because I was still finding my feet with with kind of talking on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I was like, actually, I'll, I'll feel more comfortable if I'm kind of. Oh, Gardener's Question Time! How can I forget that? Gardener's Question Time! <laughs> oh, and and I just started thinking, I really need to interview people of of colour, like who do things in flowers, because we're not represented. And my last, the one I did before, before that kind of whole campaign, you know, worldwide kind of woke moment started was with black floral therapist who's based in Berlin. And we spoke about a lot of these issues. So that was that it was something that I was definitely thinking about. But the Black Lives Matter has made me think about myself and what I wasn't doing, even as somebody of colour. So it, it definitely changed me in terms of wow. Actually, I don't think I was representing you know myself in the best way at all, or doing what the best things that I could be doing for the community. I knew my narrative was like I don't see myself, but I I definitely wasn't feeling empowered to do to say anything. Like I don't, like who's going to listen to me, or do I have the right, or you know, and that all just went out the window. The, the minute everything happened in America so mm-hmm. I just felt like I'm and I know there's lots of people who feel that they don't want to be that person they're a person of color and they feel like you know what I'm exhausted I don't want to have to be the person who talks about all of this and that's absolutely fair enough it's not that's not what people have to do but I just felt like I was strong enough and yeah just coming off that shoot with Louis and kind of talk actually as shooting with him and telling him my story on camera it it had given me a confidence I felt it was weird all these things kind of came together in my head to think right right actually this is this is where I want to I just want to be more open and yeah I feel fine about doing that.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's incredible. And like you say, it's not everyone feels ready to maybe take up that space. But something that came to me the other day was the fact that actually, given the fact that we have access to, you know, obviously, things like Instagram, where we can publicly talk about issues that really matter to us, that that actually, we really have, it's, it's a privilege to have that voice and so when we feel ready to kind of to use it is a, an incredible thing
1: yeah absolutely and also I think you know there's probably people listening like oh my god I don't want to talk about it and that is absolutely fine too <laughs> like you don't I always often say because I have run a kind of lot of business workshops like you have to you have to communicate to people but within your boundaries as well and it's like whatever you feel comfortable saying but but once if there's something that you do want to say I really underestimated what I would get out of it you know being quite selfish I just didn't didn't as in I'm, I'm not a selfish person so I wasn't it wasn't about me like mm-hmm, saying it mm-hmm. was never about what I would get out of it so I've just been really surprised about how much confidence it has given me just to get it out there and seeing people's you know responses and and and, and helping other people, and and also with obviously having being a cancer survivor, but also in terms of opening up dialogue between other people in the industry, BIPOC people, you know, us having conversations. For one of the first things I did was take part in space for florists or black creators to come together on a Zoom, and I'd never done that. I'd never spoken to other black creatives, and so it's just it's just given me so much and opened my mind, and yeah, have conversations with myself and my, my siblings. I just never had. And yeah, so it's aside from kind of you don't always necessarily have to publicly put things out there, but it's just yeah, I think social media in the right way can connect us to people with a shared journey, and that is never a bad thing. You just learn so much, and it validates your feelings. And I know they shouldn't need to be validated, but yeah, it's nice that they can be by talking to people.
0: Yeah, I think what it does, and like you say, it doesn't have to be in a public kind of domain at all, but When we do open up about our own experiences, I often find that whatever you're going through, I would say, you know, 100% of the time there is going to be someone else who is going through something similar or the same, who really understands what it's like. And that in itself, like you say, you know, it's not about necessarily needing to have our feelings validated, but just knowing that someone else feels the same way and go- is going through the same thing is, is so powerful, actually
1: yeah it's, it is really transformative and, and even even now like it's so the surge in the importance of like mental health over the last two years I am so happy about because I've always flown the flag about I've been very I'm very honest before I started any, saying anything kind of publicly within my friendship groups I've been very honest from the beginning about like you know I had to have counseling when I was ill I spoke about that you know I always dip into it um I just think it's what everyone, if, if they can, should, should have help with their mental health. And now like seeing adverts talking about the mental health issues that have come from covid it's like thank you like why has that taken this for us to Mm -hmm. under uh, understand that everyone has a physical body and everyone has a brain and they they things go wrong with them in exactly the same way and it's absolutely fine totally normal but you know I would never have even imagined I would have said that out loud and on a podcast four years ago you know Uh, so I'm just really happy that people especially now realize the importance in communicating with people and not going inside themselves and it's hard it's hard when you're being pushed inside physically mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know I think a lot of us are feeling like oh if the phone goes you're like oh you know <laughs> that's what it's kind of doing to us all but the minute I feel like that if I when I like zoom with my friends or have a conversation with one of my sisters I'm like oh I feel so much better so even I forget but it's just yeah. to get the words out of your head tell them to somebody else. It just helps so much.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we all need reminders that actually, it does feel good once you've done it. But yeah. Okay, so I am aware of time running out. So very quickly, I wanted to talk about the creative workshop that you've been running all about kind of using video as a marketing tool you've been doing that with 91 magazine and what are your so I just wanted to know what are your thoughts generally about video and how can we best utilize it in our creative businesses what are the benefits of using video specifically now when obviously we can't see people face-to-face we can't go to events or fairs or anything like that so that kind of contact with our clients is reduced
1: yeah yeah so like it's as you say it's like just become even more important now it, it was to a lot of creators and brands, but yeah. since since COVID, it is like virtual learning or just even showing your face or talking uh, on Instagram. Now you've got Reels, now you've got TikTok, now you've got Stories. <laughs> you know these all these things, and I understand it can be really intimidating you know, for somebody who's never, who's just had a website and just had their pictures and they've, they're have they like, what is this world? Why should I even be in it? Um, and I think it's exploded, especially since COVID, because so much more is, is on video. We're used to, we're Zooming all day, you know, video as a concept is now within our lives. Also, people are searching for content more than they ever have done because, you know, some people are very, bored we can't go to the cinema you know so that's why so many content creators have just seen so much enthusiasm for what they're putting out there because we're looking beyond kind of television to see content and what people love I think if you're a creator if you own a small business is they love seeing behind the person they love seeing the person they love seeing your studio they love seeing like honestly like if I go to a garden center I will just shoot some video you know anything can be content if you want it to be understand that again people have their own boundaries but it's just a way of storytelling you know people say your website should tell a story about yourself what better way of telling a story about yourself than having video people can hear you they can see your personality Mm -hmm. or if you don't want to talk they can see you making something like time lapses are great it's just a way of of telling your brand values your brand story who you are especially if you're a service provider like you are essentially selling your, your yourself yeah. so it's, it's just a very quick and easy way of people getting all that information about you in such a short amount of time rather than scrolling or reading and that is where people are now people are on this everyone has pretty much has a smartphone so it's just the way that people are interacting you know video Video content is, you know, is going to be with us for a long time. So it's definitely should be a part of people's business if they feel comfortable enough to use it.
0: Yeah, I think you make a really good point about it portrays a very, you know, kind of real representation of you rather than if you're reading something as much as you can really get a sense for, who, for, for how someone is yeah you, you still there's still an element of like potentially maybe misunderstanding it's you know when you send someone a message and they take it the completely wrong way for yeah. example and yeah. that's not at all what you meant but, <laughs> but you can't always portray that in a you know a text form yeah. and so yeah so it, it gives a completely different element and there is this almost instant connection with someone that you can build when you see them because it's it is almost as if you are meeting
1: them in real life yeah exactly and I think it's and it's and it's nice to like dip into it's a bit like a mini reality show for yourself (laughs) (laughs) and I you know and I I watch a lot of probably far too (laughs) well but I watch a lot of YouTube and I've got some vloggers that I just love so it's just nice to kind of delve into that and they're all interested in things that I love and you know so it's just yeah it's just it's just not and it's informative like let's not forget the, the, the value for your business in doing it as well you know it's for people to see what you're making and for people to see uh, uh you know a great way if you're launching something or uh it's just so much more engaging than click on this and I'm, you know it's just it's just more true isn't it if you see somebody talking it just seems m- more sincere or yeah than a post that like go to this or click on this and and I, and I really enjoy it. Like I really enjoy talking. <laughs> so that helps. That helps. But yeah, it's just engagement. It's getting people engaged. It isn't necessary. I think. Well, I think businesses and I think actually it took smaller businesses to be more creative, and now bigger businesses are following. It's like it isn't just about pushing promotions and doing that and click this and sales sales. It's about you know getting people want to know more about the values of the businesses mm-hmm. they're purchasing from. Mm-hmm. Oh. Not just about the end product, and you know they want to know more about providence, and you know and that's all really great, and yeah, so I'm kind of happy to oblige with more information because <laughs> people <laughs> like it. People, people want to know where I buy flowers, or you know me doing unboxing of flowers. You know they 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 like that. It's just really nice, isn't it, to see somebody else's working world, whatever that may yeah, be. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I just wanted to say a huge thank you for coming on today and for your time. Where can people find you?
1: Yes. So I am on Instagram and I'm at Hazel Gardener Design and Gardeners is G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R. And you can also have, um, sign up to my newsletter on my website. I've got lots more kind of virtual learning coming out this year. Just really trying to make workshops really accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're the, they're the main places you can find me.
0: Amazing. And I'll also link to the creative session that you did with 91 Magazine all about... Oh, yes using video i'll pop that in the show notes as well
1: yes brilliant i delve into everything from like editing to content mm-hmm. to yeah every, everything really. amazing thank you so much oh thank you so much anna
0: thank you so much for tuning in as always i'd be so so grateful if you could leave a review on itunes so that other female creatives can find this podcast too